Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the channel, and welcome to episode 424 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we are going to talk about John Wick Chapter 4 and how it has been uh, quite the run at the box office in its opening weekend, continuing to do well into its first Monday. And we'll do some comparisons to some of the other films in the franchise. The movie actually has already made more than the entire gross of the first John Wick film. Though we do, of course, also know that this film's budget is much higher, significantly higher than all of the other films up to this point. And so it does need to make quite a bit more than the other films have previously to hit its break-even point. But I think that it will probably be able to do that pretty easily, even though it will have competition over the next couple of weeks from films like Dungeons and Dragons, which I personally don't have that much interest in going to see, but it's going to bring in at least some money. And then, of course, next week we do have the we finally have the release of the Super Mario Brothers movie, and the game will be on. The game will be afoot for whether or not I or Jeremy of Geeks and Gamers will have to eat pineapple on pizza, uh, dependent upon whether that film is able to actually hit a billion dollars. I'll be able to probably have a pretty decent idea after the first week or two at the very least. So tonight, though, focusing mostly on John Wick and talking about the incredibly poor performance from Shazam 2, which, as of today, has had its first sub-$1 million day. So it hasn't even been out for two weeks. It hasn't even had a full second week of the weekday release. And it is already below a million dollars in its dailies. And that is completely abysmal. This film is barely over $100 million, probably won't even get to $200 million. And uh, even though I don't think the film is as bad as the box office is indicating it, um, it's definitely not a good film by any means. And it's far from what the first film was able to do. So we'll talk about that. And it is Passion Tide. Last past Sunday was Passion Sunday. It's a reminder to us that next week is Holy Week. And so it's a week for us to prepare for the holiest week of the entire season. So we'll go ahead and get started. Before going further, though, make sure you smash the like button, light the fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey and smash the rumble button as we are multi-streaming on all of the platforms this evening. Let us say hello to some people. We got Master of Gaming, who was here early on. How's it going? I see, for some reason, the times I, I click on the boxes, it continues to give me crazy options for some reason. I don't know why that is the case, but it is starting to get very, very old. Anyway, Tina B, what is going on? Hail to you. Yeah, I heard about that. Rings of Power kills a horse. Film at 11. Just stopping to in to say hello. I'm working on dinner and then going to eat. Long day. Did taxes today with a friend. Glad it's over. Ah, yes. I still need to get the taxes done myself. And I do need to start to get my list of items ready. Uh, itemization is, is quite uh, quite annoying. Brian Barth, what is going on? Welcome back. Snortapoopus Cuber says, Hello, woman than other quitters. What's going on, Snortapoopus? Great Wuda in the chat. Hail to you. Great Wuda also says, I just watched John Wick Chapter 4 and enjoyed it a lot. You are right. A lot of the action scenes really did feel like a video game best film in 2023 so far. Definitely would agree with you there. It is by far the best film to come out so far this year. It is up there with me, uh, also with the film Operation Fortune, Roost de Guerre which was a film that came out a few weeks ago, which unfortunately didn't really make anything at the box office, is going to ultimately end up being a box office uh, failure. However, 
Still a good film nonetheless. And then we have John Wick Chapter 4, which is doing very well at the box office. Still needs to go a little bit longer. needs to go a little bit further for it to hit its own break-even point. But I suspect that that will either happen um, by by this weekend or at least by next weekend. I, I give it at least two weeks before it hits the $300 million mark, which is right now um, roughly the, the break-even point. The, the break-even point is about $250 million. Um, and I think it's going to be able to hit that pretty easily if i had to guess uh alice mccarthy what is going on good sir says howdy old and how's it going how's the war brain mri tomorrow early tomorrow morning hopefully they'll find out what's causing these headaches so i can get so i can go watch terrible movies again hope that you are doing okay man kimberly jeep saw john wick today awesome great cinematography seemed like a palace had a uh, each palace had a color theme oh yeah absolutely the the, the cinematography on the film is absolutely phenomenal it, it's 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 gorgeous and I mean, that ultimately not only goes into the the actual cinematography, but also the production design, right? All of the people who are, you know, framing all of those shots, getting all of the things and items and, uh, you know, obviously all of the different colors and all, all the backdrops are just, again, it's just beautiful. You're absolutely right. Uh, my favorite sequence by far, uh, cinematography-wise, is there's this great overhead shot. I forget exactly the location. It might be in France, but it is shot from the perspective of being overhead almost the entire time and and it's phenomenal. And so that one's really good and my favorite location I think might actually end up being the Osaka Continental though. Um and obviously as you all know if you've been watching the channel for for any length of time, you know that I very much enjoy old school uh, Japanese films. Big Kurosawa fan, uh had a huge kick a couple years back, especially of a lot of older samurai uh, samurai films, I got the the you know the Zatoichi franchise, and I, I still need to finish all of the films, but I've watched a lot of them and they're great. So I I loved all of the decisions they made in the Osaka Continental, especially because of the use of weaponry, and of course with that ultimately comes some really awesome fight sequences to boot. In fact, I've actually over the last week been watching all of the John Wick films all over again because of how much I enjoy this one. I mean, that's that's what the film does. Like, I know some people probably watched all three before watching four in, in way of anticipation, and that makes complete sense. And had I had the time, I probably would have done the same. But luckily, I was able to have a little bit of extra time to be able to start watching them you know, on and off. And so I'm literally about to finish John Wick Chapter 3, and as I was watching them, you know, I always have given the description of the three that have, you know, come out now, the fourth that has just come out. I've always described the first three, though, as I think the first is the best movie. I think the second one has the best story. And I think the third one has the best action. And as I was watching them, I realized that, you know what, all three are just great films. I mean, I can absolutely still put them into different criteria and say which one has, you know, stronger is stronger here versus being stronger there. But I love all you know, now all four of the films, because I think they all have great stories. I think they all have great action sequences. And, um, you know, you forget the things that happened in, you know, in John Wick 2 and John Wick, uh, John Wick 3. And it's, it's just phenomenal. Again, the defense of the New York Continental that I just finished watching is great. There's some great fight sequences in that him versus, I call them just like the fighting brothers, uh, you know, like the, I'm pretty sure the, they're part of like a Japanese gang and uh, the fight that he has with them at the very end is awesome. And I, I just, I think that there's so many great things in all of the movies. 
And it's great for John Wick 4 to basically just be a complete encapsulation of the entirety of the franchise, right? To be able to offer you not only that amazing fight sequences that we've expected and have gotten in every single film, but then also to be able to take the story and really also run with it to such a degree that it is also left just, and again, what they're able to do is so impressive. Uh, J.S. Pena, what is going on? Welcome. Kincaid Rumshki hanging out over on Rumble. What's going on, good sir? Thank you very much for, for hanging out over there. I don't know why the YouTube uh, thing is doing that. It's so annoying. Orange Hour Views, what is going on? Welcome back. It says, welcome to Asgard. Get Odin's attention by typing at Odin. Yes, indeed. He is one of my mods, and he will indeed drop the hammer if you break any of the rules. Don't spam. Be uh, be polite and courteous to others. We are we are fun and loving community here in Asgard. And uh, yeah, at Odin, the very beginning of your comment, at Odin lets me know you're trying to get my attention. And it's kind of like a code word in a lot of ways. I will say hello to you if you have just a random comment with my name in it. But at Odin lets me read the entirety of the comment. Your Barmy, what is going on? Hail to you. We got Scott McKenzie, who is a member on the channel. Memberships mean you don't have to worry about tagging. Uh, greetings, y'all, he says. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. You can indeed check your cookie count. If you watch the streams, you get free digital cookies by watching. That's kept track of by my bot. And we use those for giveaways and such. All right. Jilo, what's going on? Welcome back. We got Brightburn1985 in the chat. What's going on? Saying Shazam 2 is no Sony Spider-Man 2 in terms of being a box office juggernaut. Oh, no. Uh, not even close. Not even close. Um, though, again, I will also argue that it's also not the worst of the DCEU films either. I honestly firmly believe that, that there are there are worse films than Shazam 2. Now, do I think that Shazam 2 deserves to lose money? Yeah, it's not a good movie. As all the other films that ended up making money somehow that were also bad deserve to lose money. I'm always happy when a movie that is just not good and is just not well well put together, you know, ultimately loses loses money. But I also... You know, obviously, I'm still, you know, thinking that other films that are not good should also fit into the same boat. Hopefully, more and more people are starting to wake up to all of these different things that we've been talking about in films for a long time. And really, you know, beyond even just like wokeness or politics, the biggest thing of all is just not good stories, you know? And it's it's basically come to the point where these studios have just been punting when it comes to the storytelling, Right. They've said, oh, storytelling is going to come last for us. We, we want to get the film out. We want to get it done. We're spent a lot of money on the effects to make it flashy, to make people uh, want to come see the movie. But we don't care really about the story. We don't really care about the continuity. We don't really care whether we're actually going to be able to engage with our audience. And so that's why so many of the MCU and DCU films have just been complete and utter garbage. And that's why films like John Wick, you know, it's a part of a franchise, right? It's the fourth film in a franchise. They've got Ballerina set to come out within the next uh, year or so, I believe. I know that they're in, I think they're actually in uh, post-production on the film. Um, but I know that that film is, is upcoming. Yeah, it says it's going to be released in 2024 at some point. So that film coming out next year. Um, hold on one second. Let me see. There might be a... Let's see. Following John Chapter 4, successful opening weekend in the United States, Lionsgate's motion picture group chair, Joe Drake, told Deadline, the film is planned for a 2024 release in either the spring or summer of 2024. So that film's already in post-production. Crazy that's going to be in post-production for almost the better part of a year. Um, but I guess maybe they're going to start to think, hey, we want to make sure that's, <laughs> that movie is not just a random spinoff and, and it can actually, you know, hold its own. 
But hey, having someone like Anna de Armas in the film itself, um, also having, of course, John Wick himself in the movie, uh, you know, because that film takes place between uh, three and four, I believe. So uh, going to be able to be interesting to see the, the different context of that. Um, but having all of those people in the film, I think is just going to just raise it to another level. So I'm very, very excited for that. So good. Scott McKenzie, absolutely prayers to the Nashville families affected by the shooting, especially those who lost their lives uh, and for the pastor and his family. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, for every, anyone, right, who, who lost their lives, we, we pray for them and, and for all those impacted by it. You know, it's just a, it's a terrible circumstance. And it always sickens me whenever media decide to try to run with politics, right? And the fact that we have, you know, in our own country, a administration that from the word go immediately starts blaming political factions and starts blaming weapons, it, it just disgusts me. And it ultimately is ignoring the real problem in all of these cases, and that is the issue of mental health. No one wants to actually sit down and have a good conversation about how we can better address the mental health crisis that we've had in this country for such a long time. Because guess what? That means we have to bring up uncomfortable subjects like the role of the pharmaceutical industry in said crisis, um, the, the role of governmental politics in, in that crisis. And that's just not something that a lot of these politicians want to talk about. They'd rather say it's all about guns or it's all about this or it's all about that. And it's just such a much, it's, it's such a multifaceted issue. And it just honestly also exposes to you who are the people that are just there to play politics and who are there to actually get something done and actually try to make change for the better. Because anyone talking politics right now about this specific event, if they're in Congress, they should be voted out. Simple as that. I don't care what letters next to their name. If they're bringing and talking about politics with this, um, they're they're ignoring a much bigger issue. Hannibal Grimm, what is going on? Saying, Fossey, Fossey, Fossey. Alexander L. the Russian, hail to you, says, uh, hi there. I thought you were ate my time. I really in, never intended to annoy you. I just had bad social skills Remember years ago, whatever. Well, Alexander, I mean, if it's been years ago, then uh, if you are the Alexander L. of old, welcome back. Been a long time. Glad to have you here. But my time has always been the same. Never changed. Alex Christ says, speaking of pizza, apparently Ryan is sick and missed the Geeks and Gamers morning stream because of bad pizza. Can't say I'm that surprised. Can't say I'm that surprised. That one, he can't hold his pizza. And two, that he would have bad pizza. Uh, I imagine that it probably was a pizza he had left on the floor somewhere, uh, building up mold or something. <laughs> If I had to take a guess. King Kane Rumsky over on Rumble says, Does Spider-Man stand alone as the only watchable superhero franchise today? No, because Spider-Man 3 sucks. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to trigger people, but most people can at the very least admit Spider-Man 1 is great with Toby, of course. Spider-Man 1's great. Spider-Man 2 is, is good. I think the ending's a little cringe, personally. The way that MJ running in the wedding dress is just very too cheesy for my taste. I just, at that moment, I'm like, oh, everything else was great about this movie. Why'd you have to have that? And then Spider-Man 3 comes out and it's just not good. It's just not a good film. So no, I would not say it's a standalone, uh, the best standalone franchise because then you follow that up with the Amazing Spider-Man films and I, I do really like um, Andrew Garfield. You know, that was not one of the issues I had. Some people did have issues with him um, and maybe their minds were changed when uh, No Way Home came out. But I, I liked him from, from the kind of the get-go. And No Way Home just made that even more cathartic. And it made you miss even the the subpar movies that he was in. Because the movies themselves he was in, the Amazing Spider-Man films, were not that great. Uh, especially their villains um, and CG. Uh, again, 
I, I could go on. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not the only perfect standalone franchise or I mean, there's other, you know, watchable uh, franchises, I guess, that one could could potentially look to. I guess the one that I could possibly think of off the top of my head would be, you know, if we're going just superhero movies, I think that the Captain America franchise is is pretty strong because even though Civil War is definitely the weakest by far, I mean, you look, you know, you look at the Captain America, all the other Captain America films, and I think that they are, are pretty, you know, pretty good. Um, I think Winter Soldier is one of the best MCU films that they've ever made. So, uh, Cthulhu, what's going on? Bruce in the chat. Hail to y'all both being here. Forever Sci-Fi, who is a member on the channel. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Great Wuda says, Operation Fortune is my second best film of 2023 so far as well. We're on the same page. Absolutely. And I'm very excited because that film, I believe, should be getting released on physical media in just a matter of days. I think next Tuesday. Tuesdays are when films tend to uh, be released uh, on physical media. So I believe next Tuesday is when the is when Operation Fortune comes out on physical media. At least that was the the date that I saw when I pre-ordered them. So I'm very excited to get those in, and uh, I have some copies that I'll be able to to, to give away as well. Uh, probably will be in the giveaways channel on the Discord for those who are keeping the Bifrost level and above on Patreon, subscribe star and locals. Um, check out the link in the description if you want to have access to the giveaways. Just gave out a bunch of 4Ks. I'm gonna ship those out over the next couple of days for those that that were a part of that giveaway. Um, but I was very excited because I was able to pick up films like 2001 Space Odyssey on 4K, Kubo and the Two Strings on 4K Steelbook, which is just beautiful. By the way, beautiful film. If you've never seen Kubo, it's great. Uh, Laika, I thought, had so much potential because they had a great film in Coraline. Kubo was fantastic. Box Trolls was uh, paranormal, was okay. Um, but Kubo, to me, I think actually is probably my favorite of theirs. And then I was also to get, uh, able to get some 4Ks for Love and Monsters in addition to the other 4Ks that, that I have. And so very excited to be able to uh, get those taken care of. Uh, ben Dowdy, I just saw that in the live chat. Bruh, thank you so very much for becoming a member at the Citizen of Asgardian level and then gifting five memberships. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're awesome. Very much appreciate that. All right, chat has jumped on me like it always does, but yeah, shout out to you, Ben Dowdy, for becoming a member and then gifting the five memberships. Very much appreciate that. Congratulations to Loa, the modern major general in the chat, who got a membership. Cthulhu, Keely Chow, Bruce, and Mike Jackson for becoming the newest members, thanks to the generosity of one Ben Dowdy. You're awesome. Let's see. We got the Morak in the chat. Hail to you. Thank you for being here. Brian Barth says, what do you think of Nicolas Cage? Do you think he is a great actor? Um, again, it depends on what we mean by actor here. If we mean acting capacity and ability in a dramatic or competent sense, I would say no. I don't think so. Some people might. I'm not one of them. Do I think that he's a talented actor in the way in which he's able to entertain in various degrees? Yes. I, I like him a lot. Uh, Scott McKenzie, I watched the three recently. Yeah, I mean, they all still hold up very, very well. And uh, I still, I actually, the only film that is difficult for me to watch is still the first one. And the reason why is because even though it's been, you know, 2014, it's almost been 10 years since the first film came out. The entire sequence with the dog gets me every time. As, as a dog owner, as a lover of animals, and, and of course of, of my two poops who are, who, are both, uh, who are both passed out right now. As you all know, my hounds, the Hounds of Asgard are awesome. But 
yeah, that always gets to me. And it's like, I almost feel like skipping it, but then it's like, I don't want to skip part of a movie, especially one that's so relevant and so important. I don't know. Uh, Brightburn 85, John Wick chapters one through four, the cinematic Mount Rushmore of action movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, I will also, of course, say there's many other action films that are definitely also up there. I would put the, uh, there's another, uh, there's two films in the franchise, but the raid, the raid one and two, I think are also definitely films to put up there in action sequences. Um, a lot of Tony Jaw films, uh, the protector, great, great action sequence. If you like stunt work that, Oh, protector is great. Uh, Ong Bak as well. I've only seen the first one. I know there's others, but those are uh, two that I can think of other than John wick that are also great action. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Your average patriot nerd, what's going on? Saying hail, jumping in from Park Hobbin stream. Yeah, hail to the Park Hobbin stream. Hail to Jay, who I know was, uh, who uh, had gone live earlier. Shout out to him. Um, as of right now, I will be in Orlando this weekend. I'm still trying to figure out um, where I'm going to sleep on Friday because I have work on Friday and therefore cannot leave until after work. And that means I won't be getting into Orlando probably until maybe one or two in the morning. Uh, so Airbnb is a possibility, but I also, yeah, I'll, I'm still trying to figure, figure that part out. Um, but I should be in on Saturday and, um, be walking around MegaCon, I'm sure. And hopefully we get, uh, you know, we should be getting more details on what our plans are other than the panel at MegaCon. Uh, in Orlando. I believe also my my friend John Flickinger is going to be at this one too. I know he's been to one in Ohio and I think he's got a couple others on his plate that he's going to be going to. Last time I talked to him, he said he was actually going to be in the, uh, he's going to be on a panel in the Megacon in Orlando. So I might be able to to see him there and, and hang out with him. That'd be fun. Let's see. Alexander says, I remember in Zatoichi I had a fight scene, uh, which is the only scene I saw. Weird CGI was a little weird. Look, what do you mean? Zatsuichi? I don't know which... Uh, again, I haven't seen all the Zatsuichi films, but I don't know how you could say CGI. Zatsuichi was... Uh, most of those films were made at a time when CGI wasn't a thing. Anyway, Gary Banjo Sandwich. Wick is an action ballet. Great viewing. Oh, yeah. That's a great way of describing it, is an action ballet, for sure. Keely Chow, what's going on? Uh, Baby Thor's doing fine. The Lady Freya also doing fine. Thank you very much for checking in. Orange Hat Reviews, who is a member, says, Just got back from the dock yesterday. Surgery set for next month. Three kidney stones, not just one. So this will be a novel experience. Ah, yes. Well, just I, I'm happy that the surgery is set. I'm happy they know what it is and that it could. it's not something worse because obviously there are, there are definitely things that could be much worse. Uh, so obviously continue to pray for you, good sir, uh, for a successful surgery and hopefully for any of the pain you're going to have to experience in the meantime is not too bad. Anyway, remember to put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment at Odin if you want to get my attention to have your comment read. So don't tag, don't tag, don't tag the channel name. Just tag at Odin, please. Helps me out, and I'm trying to be consistent with that. Yarish Major Nerd, who is a member, again, one of the exceptions is to be a member, says, the Ambrosia scene was really cringe. I pain laughed. The Ambrosia Oh, okay, yeah. At first, I was like, "What are we talking about?" Okay, yeah, with uh, Shazam too. Oh, absolutely. Um, for those that have not seen the film, it's not really much of a spoiler, but it's some of the worst product placement I've ever seen in a movie. So basically, they are trying to uh, be able to convince the unicorns. Yeah, that's where I'm going with this. 
So monsters exist whence the tree of life or the the tree that is grown by uh, by the daughters of Atlas. Once the tree grows, there are different monsters that will hatch from them. And it's kind of cool. Like there's different monsters from, of course, different uh, legends, uh, you know, whether it be the Cyclops or, you know, things like that. And one of them is the fact that a unicorn exists in this universe, but it's not the kind of unicorn you're thinking of. It's a unicorn that is, it's a dark creature and it, it hates things. And so in order to convince them, you need typically ambrosia. They are a big fan of ambrosia, which is supposed to be like sweet, you know, like, uh, uh, sugar, I guess, nectar of the gods, but that's kind of like the, 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 the mindset of what's supposed to be. So they don't have that. They don't actually have actual ambrosia. And so one of the girls decides, Hey, I've got Skittles. That's close enough. And says several times, taste the rainbow. Yes. Not only does she promote Skittles, but she even says the Skittles catchphrase as a part of the plot for the movie. So why is it losing money? Oh, I can uh, I completely understand why at this point. The Morak says, thoughts on his only son from Angel Studios. Never heard of it. Orange Chat says, my thoughts on John Wick 4. The movie works to expand lore more and include the book of Wick in a way that is appropriate and doesn't needlessly extend the franchise to gratuity. Oh, in fact, I would say it does the opposite. You know, I, I would say it, it actually, in a lot of ways, does a good job of pushing the story forward. And uh, we are still, you know... Uh, you know, we're still a week out from its initial uh, release, right? We, we're now past the second weekend. Um, so I'm still going to try to avoid, you know, too many spoilers. But at this point, I cannot protect you in the chat. So I, I'm not going to put chat protections on at this point. Uh, so Orange Chat, if people are going to have conversations with each other, just please have no one tag me in anything that's going to be like blatant spoiler. I do want to give it maybe at least an extra week because there's uh, there are some pretty big things. There's one major thing especially that I would rather not uh, talk about. Uh, just again, just in case there is anyone who hasn't seen it. But again, for anyone that actually does care, if you haven't seen it yet, I can't protect you at this point. Uh, Abomination hanging out over on Odyssey. What is going on, Abomination? Thank you very much for being here. Alexander says, how many uh, Zatsuichi films are there? I forgot Zatsuichi was a classic franchise. Um, I want to say there's like 20. There's a lot of films. However, sci-fi, it's not as easy to manipulate mentally stable people towards your goals. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Van Nostrin, welcome back. Ben Dowdy, again, thank you for being here, for becoming a member. Mike Jackson, Ryan is for pizza. Absolutely. Iklulu, do you think John Wick 4 ending after Duel was rushed or appropriate? Oh, I thought that it, it worked very well. No, it, 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 I thought it was incredibly appropriate for the story that they were telling within the, the movie itself. And I think that they had definitely set up for it, not only in this film, but in previous films too. So I thought it was very appropriate. It's more of a question of, okay, where do we now, where do we go from here? And, you know, what, what do we do with the franchise? Obviously we have ballerina coming out next year. Um, and then the continental, uh, I believe it was initially a show and I know it's kind of gone through some production issues, um, as far as its release is concerned, but I know that that could be a lot of fun. So there's a lot of these side quests and side stories within the John Wick universe that can obviously be given attention. But clearly the people, you know, the thing that people care about most is going to be John Wick, right? It's it's Keanu Reeves. So it is going to be interesting to see what they do just going forward with all of the things that happen in the movie. Abomination over on Honesty tag to say, would be funny if memes took over saying the pride flag is the Skittles flag. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if those things kind of already exist. Forever Sci-Fi, I would have figured Ryan would be immune to food poisoning from years of floor pizza and trash can Taco Bell. Yeah, you would think so. 
He, he doesn't, uh, publicly doesn't seem to eat very well. So you would think he would kind of build up his immune system there. Uh, Great Wuda says, yes, Spider-Man 3 is the worst Spider-Man film of all time. I would not say of all time. Again, at least to me, it's comically bad. Whereas I think Amazing Spider-Man 2 is, is pretty garbage. Laura, the Mono Major General says, Worldwide Pizza Mold Zombie Horde traced back to Ryan's Floor Pizza. Exactly. Uh, Gulag Inmate 1066, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, there's Ben Dowdy dropping those memberships. Appreciate that again, good sir. All right. Let's see. Rob D. Time to say hello, Odin. I'd say Warner Brothers now only has one source of income. Tax write-off refunds. They must be oh so proud. That's pretty much all that they can do at this point. Absolutely. Because they're not making really anything at all from their from what we can tell from their streaming service based off of of you know of previous reports. And we know that we know for sure they're not making any money off of their movies. And they don't have one major film in the pipe or one major film in the past that's still giving them some type of residual, you know? So they're in pretty big trouble at this point. And they've been in trouble for a long time. I, I mean, I remember when I did the box office yearly breakdown and 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 broke down what Warner Brothers did during during COVID in the last couple of years, it was really, really bad. For sure. Um Kincaid Rumsky over on Rumble says uh, which production company handles the John Wick franchise? So I know Lionsgate does the uh, physical release, does the distribution of the film, and it's a few different production companies that actually are, are part of the production of the film itself. He says, I was asking for today. For example, today, Captain America is a falcon in a wig. Talking about the earlier comment about watchable standalone franchise today. Oh, okay, gotcha. But that's the thing. That's a hard thing to say because you say Spider-Man, even then, so Kinky and Ramsky, actually, I, I actually still stand by the same comments I said because even by saying today, I don't know if you know the question that you're trying to ask because everything I said is still relevant to that that same question. So... Anyway, let's go ahead and dump, <laughs> dump, jump into the first bit of news, though, with the John Wick franchise, because, yeah, things are pretty good. So, as I said, the distribution company for them is Lionsgate, and as you can see, in its first Monday, it dropped 70% from the previous day, which is very typical of a lot of these movies, making $5.6 million. Notice how the second place film on Monday was a sub-million dollar film in Scream 6. $737,000. Creed 3 at six seventy eight, And then all the way number 4th, after 11 days of release, notice that all these other ones have been out longer, is Shazam 2. $674,000. This becomes really bad, especially when you compare this to the previous movie. So the previous film cost $96 million. And again, this is using the, uh, the numbers.com's adjusted for inflation numbers, which are not always the most accurate um, but it's still good uh, to get an idea of this nonetheless, right? So for the domestic opening weekend, we already knew that the film came in half of what the first Shazam film did. If you look at this old domestic box office, only $46.6 million. Oof. The first one made one sixty. I don't think there's a chance for this film in Shazam to make it to $100 million domestic. So you're looking at a film probably going to end up making sixty, maybe. So $100 million less than the previous film domestic. It's at $55 million internationally. So what? 
you're looking at uh, 200 million or maybe 150 million more, more accurately, 150 million less than what we had. I mean, seriously, it's, it's, it's not good. Then you look at the worldwide total right now, Shazam only at $102.4 million, whereas the first Shazam made over $414 million. So not only do they pump more money into the film, they are getting so much less in comparison where it'll be, again, half opening weekend, you're probably at best half of the entire total of the first Shazam film, and it's probably going to be even worse than that. And if you want to see just how bad things are, just go ahead and compare these opening weekends and these daily numbers. There's not a single day where Shazam Shazam 2 beat the original Shazam. In fact, the original Shazam doubles it almost every single one of these days. First Monday, Shazam 2, 1.6 to the 3.4 of that. What's really insane, though, as I said, it has already come in under a million dollars in a daily number. The second Monday numbers, $674,000 versus the first Shazam's $2.3 million on its second Monday. So it is completely abysmal. And this film is going to end up losing quite a bit of money. Uh, especially if you believe the break-even point is closer to three times its budget, whereas I have it at 2.5. Um, if it's three times the budget, oh goodness, you're talking about well over a $100 million flop. However, we cannot say the same thing, gladfully, for the John Wick 4 film. So this film also saw a huge increase in budget, again, basically doubling the budget, you know, compared to all the other films. So the adjusted numbers for inflation for the first film was 38 million, chapter two was 46, chapter three was 45. And again, these are based off of the numbers metrics on inflation, which tend to fall a little bit further behind where they should but we still get a good metric nonetheless. The opening weekend was indeed the highest of the franchise. I was able to confirm this by actually running the numbers uh, and and putting in the correct uh, adjustment rate for inflation there. And even with that being the case, though, uh, John Wick 3 was the closest, but was not able to get to, I think that altogether, when you do a more accurate uh, adjustment, it's actually $66 million. Either way, though, you're talking about the film easily getting the highest opening weekend. But opening weekends, as Ant-Man 3 has shown us, don't mean a darn thing. What is this film doing in the dailies? It's doing still pretty well. The total domestics at $79 million. The first John Wick film only made it ever to $55 million. And again, the reason why is because it was a brand new franchise. It was an original franchise. No one really knew much about it. And it didn't even make, it didn't even break $100 million. And yet, what did it do between the first and second? It got such a huge fan base from people saying, hey, you didn't see this movie? Hey, watch the Blu-ray. Hey, watch this. Hey, watch this. And it was able to double its money. By John Wick Chapter 3, you were able to see it essentially double its money again. And I don't think we're going to see the same here. Um, I've actually seen some people say they, they think they're going to see similar numbers. Um, I, I'm looking at the numbers right now, and I'm saying that's, that's not likely going to happen. The film is going to do very well. You're looking at the film easily passing up $200 million this weekend. Wouldn't surprise me to see the, see the film's uh, worldwide box office by the end of this coming weekend be closer to, to two, to, you know, somewhere around two fifty to three hundred million, which would be right at the break-even point. It wouldn't surprise me to see that. Could come in less, but it wouldn't surprise me to see it that high. So that's why I think ultimately the film has a good chance of being the highest of the franchise. But, but a lot of that is going to depend on its legs. The fact that this film will have a lot of competition as there are major films coming out almost every single weekend going forward. And also, it will have to be able to compete 
with a film that is significantly longer than all of the other films. That extra 45 minutes to an hour over the other films means less show times, and that not only hurts theaters because they can't show the film as often, but it also tends to uh, hurt films. It's not always the case, right? We can clearly think of examples where that's not the case, and a great film like John Wick is definitely not going to lose people uh, to to those run times, but it does just mean there's going to be a much more limited amount of screenings, and even if the film is very uh, popular because it's really good, as this film is, that is still a limitation nonetheless. It's not going to be able to compete with shorter films to the same degree as far as you know keeping space. That all being said, the film is still in a very good position to, at the very least, um, it's going to absolutely pass up John Wick Chapter 2, which is good. Um, but the big question to me that I still don't know the answer to, and of course, once we have the weekend numbers, I'll be able to do the box office breakdown and do my projections, which are usually pretty spot on. And if, again, the numbers end up being where I think they are, you're looking at this film being able to probably get pretty close to, if not pass, the entire box office total for John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. One way to kind of see why it looks like this will be the film that it will be going up against is because if you look at the numbers and compare them, uh, 25 for John Wick 3 versus the 29 for John Wick 4, 25 to 22, 18 to 16. First Monday, John Wick Chapter 3 made more, 6.5 to the 5.6 of John Wick Chapter 4. And so even though obviously 4 has an advantage by about 8 million, it's going to be interesting to see where this film ends up landing in comparison, because as I said, I can see the film being the highest of the franchise, but I can also see the film being successful, meaning making its money back, making profit, but not being able to pass up or easily pass up that of John Wick Chapter 3. And why do I think that? Ticket sales. Remember, every other John Wick film has doubled their ticket sales opening weekend. Every single one of them. Until now. We saw an increase. We did not see a doubling, though. So we're still going to see the film do well because it's got the good word of mouth. It's got the good start. But because we're not seeing that doubling effect, it's hard for me to justify or somehow be able to say that, you know, with, with any sense of confidence, that it's going to be able to do something even similar to that of that of the previous films in the franchise. And so, again, John Wick Chapter 4 doing very well. It is definitely uh, the best and hottest ticket right now at the box office, but it's going to get bumped out of IMAX screens this coming weekend. That's, that's, that's again, that's going to hurt some of its business. And it's not going to get those back the next week because you have Mario coming out the week after. So you, you basically are, if you want to see this film in IMAX, which I recommend, if you want to see this film in any premium format screen, which I would recommend, you basically just have a couple more days to do it because it's going to get kicked out of pretty much all of those premium format screens to make way for Dungeons and Dragons. And then the week after that, uh, and by the way, earlier release for the Mario Brothers film. Uh, so you'll even have, you'll have even less time for the Dungeons and Dragons film. Um, Cause then that film is going to take over all of these as well. So anyway, what we have, of course, Shazam showing it to be complete and utter failure in every single way possible. Never thought that the numbers would be this bad. I mean, when I saw those opening numbers, I said, okay, this is not good. I did not suspect this. Whereas with John Chapter 4, things are looking pretty good, but it, it, still has a, it still has a little ways to go if it's going to be able to follow the same box office pedigree as the other films in the franchise. It's still going to do well, but as you all know, I am fair. 
even with films that I like, whether people think so or not. Bruce, who is a member, says, Atomic Blonde. I, I think that film is overrated. I'm going to be honest. It's fine, but it's overrated. Again, if you have a comment or question, just put at Odin there. Be of your comment. At Odin, please. If you've been in the chat for a while, you y'all should know better. Anyway, Hardwick, what's going on? His member tagged also to say, I like the first three, but for some reason, I just haven't been able to get hyped for John Wick 4. I never even bothered watching the trailer. Hardwick, what is wrong with you? Do you have a pulse? You can't have a pulse. You cannot possibly be alive. You cannot possibly be alive, especially if you're asking me about Renfield in the live chat. Because I, I just saw that comment. You don't. You can't ask me about any new movie until you've seen John Wick Chapter 4. How about that? I will declare you excommunicado from asking questions about newer films until you've actually seen John Wick Chapter 4. What is wrong with you? How dare you? You've insulted me. In fact, to Hardwick, I have to say this. You leave me no choice but to declare you excommunicado. You left me no choice. You left me no choice. Anyway, over on Rumble, uh, KK and Rumsky, okay, it says, other than Spider-Man today, what other superhero franchise do you even enjoy watching as it stands currently as of right now? And again, <laughs> he says, today, Tom Holland is Spider-Man. Yes, but the problem with that question is that by today, you have to include every single other franchise that has ever come out. So if, again, if what you, I think, are trying to say is, what modern day or what, what movie coming out the last year do you think is a part of a franchise that is still good? But the, the way you're asking the question, it, it, it's, not, it's not saying what you think it is saying, King Kane Rumsky. And the, the answer, I can't really give you an answer because I don't think there's really any good superhero films or good superhero franchises anymore based off of things that are coming out recently. So let's just leave it at that. I don't want, I want to answer that question again. Start to trigger me. <laughs> uh, there it is. Dr. Martin, what's going on? Time to say, I like Equalizer more than all of the Wicks. Denzel is super, super savior versus the revenge motif of Wick. Also attended the church in Nashville. Play, I absolutely will pray for them. Um, I have not seen the Equalizer, so I can't speak to that film. But uh, I, I don't, I don't like how you, you seem to be downplaying. I don't think I don't like how you seem to be downplaying the Wicks. The Wicks are fantastic. General Wingster says the 3DS eShop died yesterday. Never had a handheld as a kid, and it was my first. The end of an era. RIP Wii U and 3DS. I thought I remember hearing about that. Yeah, because I actually have a 2DS XL. And um, I mean, I know that for people that maybe have used it a lot, maybe that's a big deal. For me, it's not as much. I mean, I guess I, I, since you can't access digital versions of games, but I, you know me, I'm more of a physical media person anyway. Um, but I was always sad when things like that happen. So. All right, chat has jumped to me like it always does. All right, I'm going to go ahead and skip that one because it's referencing another comment. Don't self-reference comments like that. Anyway, I'm talking to you, Hardwick. Um, let's see. Orange Hat Reviews, who's a member, says, Spoiler, John Wick is Baba Yaga. Ah, there it is. Forever Sci-Fi, I haven't seen it yet, but plan on going tomorrow, taking my chances here today. Yeah, Forever Sci-Fi, uh, I don't know why you've waited this long. I mean, obviously, people have legitimate reasons because of things going on in life. Um, but if those aren't there, then, you know, Keely Chow, who is a member, does Thor still like, babe, uh, still like pineapple pizza? He only had that one time. 
He only had it that one time, so he's definitely not a fan of it. He, he liked it the one time he had it, but he's also a toddler, and toddlers think most things taste good. So it's not really much saying. Saying much, really. Remember, Sci-Fi as a member says, Spider-Man 3 is not even on the same level as Batman and Robin. Ah, but Batman and Robin is also... I, I think, actually, they're on the same level in the degree that they are both hilariously bad. I think they are both hilariously bad. I think, actually, Batman and Robin's even funnier. General Wingster, I say, we all know John Wick should have went on a revenge quest because they forced him to eat pineapple on pizza. Now, that would have been quite the origin story. Asajj Muli, what's going on? Ricky Bobby in the chat. Ralph in the chat. Hey, again, you can like bad movies, but it's still a bad movie. I like bad movies sometimes, but I still step back and say, yeah, you know, it wasn't that great. Forever Sci-Fi, the John Wick series is a perfect example of what you get when you just want to entertain and tell a good new story. The loyalty and fame has only grown since the first movie. Agreed. And a lot of that, as you said, is because not only are they giving fans what they want as far as action sequences go, they're also investing time and effort into building a universe that has such rich and fun lore. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal. Um, and again, I, I already mentioned this to Hardwick, but since this was a comment made before his excommunicado, I will entertain it for now. Uh, it says, what do you think of the Renfield trailers? I, it, it looks okay. It, it honestly doesn't look like that great of a film, to be perfectly honest. I, I think the only reason to see the movie is to see what is going on with Nicolas Cage and, and to see that performance. Forever Sci-Fi says, now show the budget for Indy 5 for a good laugh. Do we have an updated budget for Indiana Jones 5? Do we have an official budget? Because I don't, if, if, if this is something like, oh, people are running with rumors, I, I don't run with, with those rumors. I look and see what has actually been confirmed. And uh, nope, don't need to worry about that at all with this. Thank you for mentioning it because, oh boy, yeah. If you want to have a good laugh, everybody, look at this. $295 million budget. So $300 million budget. So it's break-even point, and again, this is on a much more conservative estimate. Its break-even point is roughly, what, $750 million at least? So you're talking about a $750 to $900 million break-even point from the low end to the high end. <laughs> Man, oof, and I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it has a chance of being able to pull that off. I know some people do because they think that Indy still has pull and that, oh, well, James Mangold. It's like, yeah, but have you seen James Mangold on Twitter recently? Did you remember also that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in this movie? Frank, <laughs> Frank Marshall and Kathleen Kennedy are producers. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's awful. That's abysmal. <laughs> oh, man. That might be one of the biggest flops. Dan Crane. Hail Odin. Day 35 of Lent. Happy to be here. Happy to have you here, man. Appreciate you being here. Again, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. If you have a comment or question, do not tag the channel. I will not call on you. <laughs> I have rules. I just asked you to follow me again. At Odin. At Odin. Uh, Rosie G12, who is a member... 
So again, members don't have to worry about doing that. Saying, hail Odin in chat. Great to see you all. Rosie G, I feel like it's been forever. I was asking myself the other day, where has she been? Glad to have you here. King Kane Rumshki over on Rumble. Has John Wick ever worn his Neo sunglasses? No. And I'm glad he hasn't because that I think that actually would be very much against, <laughs> very much against what it should be as far as his character. It would not match his character at all. Anyway, let's see. The R, what is going on, R? Welcome back into the chat. Glad to have you here. General Wingster, tag to say, I only care about the 3DS because some great games have outrageous prizes physically. Ah, it's a good point, General Wingster. Yeah, and uh, then again, I suppose if you had already gotten the game through the eShop, would the game still be available to you since you would have had it downloaded onto your device? I guess the the tricky uh, the trick part uh, the tricky part is if you lose that game because it's a physical copy or if it gets corrupted because it's a digital copy file, then you have no means of getting it again. I guess unless you decide to go the emulator route. Uh, that's the other thing too. I guess would be um, for those who are 3DS fans who were relying on the eShop for certain games or certain experiences. Keep in mind there are a lot of really great handhelds now where you can get a lot of great features, gameplay, um, ROMs in addition to that. One that I've been looking into personally, at some point I might actually even get it. It's called the Ein, it's like A-Y-N, uh, it's called the Ein Odin. And no, not just because of the nickname of Odin, uh, but because it actually looks like a pretty awesome system that can emulate games up to like, they can emulate like Wii games, or at the very least Nintendo, like uh, GameCube games, and 64 games and stuff. Um, so that is also another route for certain people. Forever Sci-Fi, as a member, says, I had a cold this weekend, so legit excuse. Yeah, but what about last weekend? Because remember, this is the second weekend of its release. So what's your excuse, Forever Sci-Fi? <laughs> uh, I love you, man. Your average Patriot nerd, thank you for the $2 super stick a thumbs up. Appreciate that. Me, Mr. ESQ, what is going on, Mr. ESQ? Thank you for the five dollars. Super chat says Batman and Robin has got nothing on uh, Geely. Is this supposed to say Geely? Are you talking about the film with Ben Affleck? I actually never saw that film, but I've heard the film bad. Here's the thing, though: I don't remember people saying Geely is a hilariously bad movie. Batman and Robin is. Batman and Robin, I will purposefully put on the telly and watch because of how bad it is because of how stupid fun it is anyway Rax says welcome back to the chat Kimberly G holy cow any five will be a huge flop yeah seriously again when you start out with a break even point of somewhere between 750 and 900 million dollars I just do not see that happening for the film I just, I can't, I can't see how they could possibly pull that off. Let me try and see if I can even get a, a metric to compare this to since I can't necessarily search as well as I'd wish. Let's see back in 2008, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, that film made $790 million. That's unadjusted for inflation. So again, back in 2008, so that film probably ended up making a decent amount of money, actually, 
when you uh, adjust that number. But that film also had a a big opening and left a lot of fans very, very mad. Also, interestingly enough, only Frank Marshall was the producer on that, not Kathleen Kennedy. So you add to this Kathleen Kennedy, oh, yeah, that's that's not going to be good. That's not going to be good. So, yeah, if Crystal Skull can make $790.7 million on a $185 million budget, again, un- all these are unadjusted numbers. Yeah. Oh, boy. Laura, the Monomator General, says, I watched Silence this weekend, and I'm starting the book tonight. Nice! Okay. If you're starting the book, that means... I, I must assume, then, that that means that you, you were a fan of the film. The film, I thought, was very powerful. It's very, very powerful. I know that there are some more traditionally-minded Catholics that don't like the way in which it presents the, the priest, because the priest, for those that have not seen the film, uh, there, there are priests that apostatize, meaning that they give up the faith. But one of the things I like about the movie, is, again, because I know that movies and books are not always the exact same, but one thing I like about how the movie was done was it, it seemed to imply by the end, you seem to get this implication that there was a conversion, that there was a change of heart. Um, because even in the case of apostasy, one of the gravest sins that one could ever commit, we know that forgiveness is possible if one seeks it. How do we know this? St. Peter, everybody, the first pope, denied Jesus in public three times. That's about as a, that's about as big of apostasy as you possibly can get. And yet, first pope, leader of the apostles, etc. Saint. Rosie G12, who is a member, says, Oh, did no chance for the normies to save Indy 5? I won't see it, but I'm just one ticket. I, I don't. I really don't think so. Uh, as I said, you know, movies today are, are a bit of a fickle beast, you know? You know, so Avatar is able to pull it, pull it off. You might have some indie support for the film. I don't think that necessarily the film is going to, you know, be as much of a catastrophe as Shazam 2. Again, Shazam 2, we're talking a major film not getting to $200 million worldwide. I think that Indiana Jones is going to be able to make it past $200 million and, and maybe even by, by the end of its opening weekend worldwide. Um, the question, though, is... How much more does it make after that? Does the film cap out at $500 million? Or does the, Kim, does the film cap out at 600 650 That's kind of where I'm thinking right now. And um, people might think that's a little generous. Just keep in mind, when its break-even point is at least $750 million, yeah, even being, I think, very generous with a possible box office total, it's not looking good. It is not looking good. Um, Alexander, I, I've seen you now comment several times. At Odin, if you want me to read your comment. Again, I, I don't know how many times I need to say it, but my rep, my repetition is not is not just because I enjoy repeating myself because I don't. But, bruh, at Odin. Kikane Rumsky over on Rumble. Thank you for tagging good, sir. Thank you for doing it properly. Says, did you hear the rumor Iger told Kennedy that Indiana Jones has to make at least $900 million or things will get bad for her? I don't believe those rumors. Again, I'm not trying to say anything bad about people who have those rumors or have access to inside information or anything like that. All right. Um, General Wingster. Oh, man. General Wingster. General Wingster is the pet troll. Uh, he's, he's the troll that we like to have. And uh, I appreciate that. 
<laughs> Wingster's the best. Um, Alexander, look at how everyone else is putting at Odin if they have a comment or question. It, it's, it's, it's because it is a... Think of it as a secret code that allows me to be able to focus on people who have questions and not just random people just jumping into the chat one day. Anyway, King Kane Rumshki said about the rumor, I don't buy into it necessarily, all right? Because here's the thing. I bet the same people reporting those are similar people who may have also reported previously that Kathleen Kennedy's last day was supposed to be back in 2018. So I don't tend to buy any of those rumors anymore. I really don't. Um, you know, I think if she's ever going to be in trouble, if she's ever going to actually have her job at risk, there are so many other things that should have been the, the final thing, right? There are so many other things that should have, um, there are so many other things that could happen or, or rather that have happened that would be much bigger justification. So I don't buy into that personally. I don't. Uh, Abomination over on Odyssey has a, all this talk of Indy 5 is confusing me because there are only three Indiana Jones movies. Hey, you know what? Abomination, that is a great point. That is an excellent point. Kudos to you because that's absolutely true. That is absolutely true. No doubt about it. There are only three Indiana Jones films. So, yeah, why, why are you even talking about this? Uh, your average patriot nerd says, I have a feeling Indy 5 is going to be spectacularly bad. Yes, I do as well. There's just really nothing about the film to this point that could possibly be construed as, as good. Uh, Dr. Martin Van Nostrand, thank you for tagging good sir, says, not downplaying it, I like the artistic choreography of the brilliant action sequences and the world building, just not big on vengeance motif killing hundreds. Um, but that's just the thing, though, is that it starts off in such a simple, simplistic fashion. And yet, everything that happens from that moment builds and builds and builds. So now, to the point where revenge may have started it, but there's so much more driving it at this point in time. So I actually do think that it, it's, it's kind of being undermined a little bit in the description. So uh, Hardwick says, I'll definitely watch John Wick 4. I think I just got tired of the franchise all again, Hardwick. I will again say I, I will I will gladly talk to you about modern day films, including John Wick, once you've actually seen it. Can't judge a film like that without actually seeing it. I say the same thing for myself. General Wingster, you can't buy any more games from the store, but you still have them and can download them from your account. I bought a ton of virtual console games from both stores and still have them, says Wingster. Good. Glad to hear that. Emperor's Left Hand had to say, beside Mario and Dune, is there any good movies coming out this year? Not Marvel, they lost me. Well, hey, if you've not seen John Chapter 4, Emperor's Left Hand, I would highly encourage you to do so. Also, I have a video on the channel that has my most anticipated films of the year. Um, one of them that comes to the top of my head is that hasn't come out yet is The Covenant. Uh, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Highly recommend. Um, or rather, I am very much highly anticipating that movie. Can't highly recommend it yet because I haven't seen it. But definitely looking forward to it. Also, if you have not yet seen Operation Fortune Roost de Guerre, it came out this year. It's going to be on physical media very, very soon. And I would definitely recommend that one as well. Let's see. Orange Eye Reviews, who is a member on the channel, 
says, Odin recently watched Bullet Train. If I had known that Hiroki Sanada was in it before its theatrical release, I would have been to see that movie way sooner. He is one of my top 10 actors. Well, I wish I had known that because his, but also to be fair, his role is not very big in that movie. Not that it's that much bigger in John Wick 4, though I think personally, I think that it is. It's much more memorable in John Wick 4. Um, but yeah, Bullet Train's great. As you all know, Bullet Train was one of my favorite films of last year. And it is definitely, I think, one of the more underrated films that not a lot of people saw. And it was a film that was so much fun to see in IMAX. Tim Elf, welcome to the channel. Uh, Gulag inmate says, which will be the biggest flop of 2023 beside, uh, rather between Quantumania, Indy 5, and The Marvels? Um, okay. Here is what I think might actually happen. So I don't think the Marvels is getting released this year. You know how it's keep on getting pushed back? I don't know. I have a gut. I have a feeling in my gut that the Marvels is going to be pushed back to 2024 because they are in such a crisis at this point. And I think we will know whether that's going to happen or not with the release of Guardians because the studios, as we all know, are terrible at, at reading the tea leaves. So if Guardians ends up being a big success because the Guardians franchise has a lot of goodwill built up to it, even though I think that Guardians 2 just does not even hold a candle to Guardians 1, and I really am not caring at all for Guardians 3. But if Guardians does well at the box office, because even though that's how I feel with Guardians 2, there's obviously still a lot of people who saw it. There's a lot of people who are excited for this movie. If Guardians 3 is successful then I think the Marvels has a much higher chance of st of staying and keeping its 2023 release date. If even though, if even Guardians comes in well under projections, if we see a 67 plus percent drop from week one to week two, which has been very prominent amongst almost all of the MCU films that come out over the last year or so, I think then you will see soon after, and again, this is just a, a theory on my part, have no inside information or anything like that. I'm just saying I feel it in my gut that they are going to delay that film to 2024. So with that being the case, to get back to the initial question, Indy 5, no doubt about it. Because Quantumania, you're looking at it being a two, uh, around like a, a 20 to $80 million flop, depending on your metrics. So not good, but also not as bad as it could be. Indy, I mean, you're looking at probably at least $100 million as a flop. There's the General Wingster comment I was talking about earlier that was very, very funny. Uh, Laura says, non-religious perspective here, but I felt horrible for the priests because they were forced to deny God to end the torture of innocent. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Laura. Absolutely. Um, and that is why I think that the film is so effective. It's because you understand why it's such a big deal to do that. And one of my favorite sequences in the film is they show you these Japanese martyrs, right? These, these, uh, cause you know, obviously the film is not talking about specific people, but it's obviously inspired by real events. But these, these, these Japanese converts who, who died for the faith, who were martyrs and it's the, the crucifixion by tide. Oh, that thing is just, it's one of those things where you have such sorrow in your heart for what's happening to them, but then also you're like, the amount of like bravery it takes to do something like that. 
you know, the amount of fortitude, the virtue of fortitude is that is required. As a Christian, it makes me ask that question of, do I have that capacity? Would I have that capacity? And if I don't, okay, how do I go about trying to fix that? Because I'm reading a lot of papal documents, historical documents, and, you know, the church has universally from the beginning held as, as incredibly important the the willingness to give up one's life for Christ. Because if we don't believe who Christ is, if we don't really have faith, then... So it, that, that's the question I know that I struggle with a lot for myself. General Wingster, I appreciate that. It's a real beard, though. Nova Trail Studios, thank you for tagging it, sir, says, do you think the success of Top Gun Maverick will help boost the box office for Mission Impossible 7? Also, did you hear about RK Outpost pooping his pants? I did not hear about him pooping his pants. I heard about him being sick. I did not know it included pooping his pants, but that's great. Um, as far as the Top Gun Maverick question, I don't think it's going to have a direct correlation, all right? Because, again, there are some people who still wrongly think that people want to go see Top Gun Maverick specifically for Tom Cruise. No, no, no. People want to go see the film because Tom Cruise happens to be an actor that does his own stunts and pushes others to do very similar things. So the success of Impossible, of Vision Impossible 7 is going to be purely on are they going to have as effective a marketing campaign and also is the film going to be as good as Top Gun Maverick that it's going to get people talking? Because the opening weekend of Maverick was not really anything to, to ride home about. It was the week one to week two drop off and how small it was historically small. If, if my memory serves me right, the weekend one to two drop off, which for many and most big budget films of which Top Gun Maverick was, most of them tend to be well over, well over 50% dropping off. But because of the word of mouth, and again, it didn't have a big, a huge opening weekend because of great word of mouth, the film had a drop in the teens, which is almost unheard of for a movie like that. And then every weekend after that and every day, it just kept pushing out more and more and more because it just kept getting that positive word of mouth. So it depends on whether mission impossible seven is a good film an entertaining film and also the way in which it is marketed. So do I think it's possible for it to do well? Yes, absolutely. But it's not going to be because of Tom Cruise. It's not going to be because of top gun Maverick. It's going to be because the movie is doing what the movie needs to do. Anyway, Thulu, time to say, who makes more box office money? Justice League or Indy 5? Seems a good comparison. That is actually a great comparison. That is an excellent comparison. And I honestly don't know the answer. And I think the reason why ultimately is because we... Um, actually, I, I think you meant The Flash. I always think of it as a Justice League movie too, by the way. Um, but I... But yeah, it's it is instead the Flash movie. So let me try and see. All right, so right now the reported budget, and this was back from June of last year, and we know there's been several reshoots since then. The original reported budget was two hundred million dollars. I would not be surprised if that gets adjusted. Most films tend to get adjusted. Um, you know, some people again wrongly will try to run with. Oh, they're going to hide the numbers, et cetera. It's like, okay, they might try to make things look better than what they are. But I have seen this with another film called Solo, A Star Wars Story, where that film had a budget that was out there and reported. 
And then because of the reshoots, they then adjusted it and we got a pretty accurate number. And that film ended up being a massive flop. So I would not be surprised to see this budget get adjusted. So depending upon that, right, they're claiming $200 million. I would not be surprised to, see it to get adjusted to 250 at least, or for the budget to be reported from different sites as being somewhere between two and 300 million. In which case I would put it in my chart as 250 because that would be, you know, taking, taking the middle ground there of, of the projections. But because of that, I, I think that though both films are, I ultimately think going to be failures because of the budget alone, I think I'd probably have to put my money behind an Indy five because of how much higher that budget is. I mean, seriously. Victor Fontaine, what's going on, says, or tag like this, Odin Loves Avatar. How dare you? King Ann Rumschke over on Rumble says, I think the Kathleen Kennedy thing may have more of a chance this time because one of a bad comedy layoffs at Disney, uh, two, Alonzo firing, three, Kathleen Kennedy lawsuit. And again, I've heard this all before. Not all of those specific things you mentioned, but this time. I've heard this time so many times before. So I'm not going to believe it until it actually happens or until there's actually verifiable information out there and not just rumors from hidden sources. And again, I understand having to hide sources. That's how, that's how you keep your sources, right? I understand that to an extent, but ultimately when there have been too many, there have been one too many rumors put there, put out there about Kathleen Kennedy's demise and you know, it's that fool me once, shame on shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. This is what? Th- fool me thrice? Fool me four times? Fool me five times? Uh, Alexander, look, he learns. Uh, Tag to say, I watched John Wick a few years ago. I have to watch it again because I have changed my perspective so much on everything. What's your thought on John Wick 2 with... Thought on John Wick 2 with Common? Um, so, I... I think I mentioned this at the very beginning of the stream. I was talking about this at the very beginning of the stream. I, I love all of them. They're all fantastic. They're all great. Ever's left hand. I saw John Wick 4 on Sunday, and thank you for answering uh, Thank you for answering the suggestion. No problem, dude. Thanks for tagging. Orange Chat Reviews, who is a member, says, John Wick 4 is the second uh, movie that Hiroki Sonata and Keanu Reeves star in together. The 2012 version of 47 Ronin was their first collaboration. Interesting. Very interesting. Epic Ninja Shiro, hail to you. Ikthulu, who's a member, says, I thought Temple was a little too gruesome to rewatch. Temple of Doom? Yeah. I personally like Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade significantly more than Temple of Doom. My favorite, and, and there's a bias that I have towards this one, is to, is actually uh, Last Crusade. And it's because they're of the different like Christian... Uh, historical themes in the movie. I love it. It's a great film in addition to that, but it's it's those things that really kind of keep it up there for me. Raiders of the Lost Ark is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I, I think that it is, is it's a phenomenal movie, but I preference-wise, I go with uh, Last Crusade. And I don't hate, uh, by any means, I don't hate Temple of Doom, but Temple of Doom, I agree. I think it is a little harder to rewatch than the other films. And rewatchability is an important factor in a lot of ways. Kimberly G, who is a member, says Tom Cruise doing his own stunts makes him the goat of actors right now. Oh, for sure. No doubt about it. 
And not even just that, though. He is, and again, I think that this really does need to be stressed. It's not <laughs> abomination over on Odyssey says, fool me at Levensies, in reference to the Kathleen Kennedy stuff. Yeah, exactly. But it's not even the fact that Tom Cruise does his own stunts. He's able to inspire others in his films to do the same thing. Top Gun Maverick was a success not because of just him in the pilot seat, or rather, sorry, not just because he was in the actual jet, but because he was able to get Miles Teller in the jet, a bunch of other actors whose names I don't know, in the jet, right? He was able to get all of these people into jets, go through training to be able to with, to, to withstand the G-forces, for all of these actors to learn to be their own camera operator, their own director in a certain regard. I mean, there are so many things they had to do in those jets to get those shots. They had to know lighting. They had to know all of these different qualities of filmmaking and learn all of it in addition to acting. And why did that happen? Because of Tom Cruise. Let's see. Uh, Great Wuda says, what are your two, uh, what are your favorite two or three film locations that you love throughout the world besides Japan, Meyer, New York City, and Japan. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think Japan is is phenomenal. As far as filming locations, though, I, I guess I don't really necessarily have a preference because it depends on what you're showing, right? I, I don't watch films and say, oh, this is great for this reason. Um, you know, because a lot of times people can make certain areas look like others. You can make a desert in Arizona, for instance, look like another country. Um, but off the top of my head, I would say New Zealand, uh, for the Hobbit, uh, Lord of the Rings stuff. Ikthulu says, no, I mean the 2017 Justice League movie completely forgot about the Flash exists. Um, oh, so you mean between those two from the Justice League movie that did flop versus Indiana, oh, that's easier. Indiana Jones 5, I think, is going to be the bigger flop of the two, um, because of the budget differences between the two. But yeah, I, I would also say Flash between it and the flash it would be similar giant killer saw jesus revolution the other night it was amazing i'm glad that you liked it um i i just am not really drawn to christian films typically um that are, are more generic christian and not specifically um catholic that's just that's just that's just me um, like there's only one example in modern times that I can think about that I actually enjoyed more than I, I should have. It's not a good film, but it is one that I still enjoyed probably because I, I like the music. It's actually on, um, uh, it's on Netflix. It's called uh, a week away. And I, I don't know. I, I really like the music. It's not a good movie by any means, but the music's good, but yeah, anything. I mean, I know. So I know that I'm going to trigger some people here. I know that the makers of God that's not dead had nothing to do necessarily with Jesus revolution. And that's not the same kind of movie at all, but those just general films. Like when I think about Christian films or films that have Christian messaging within them, I think passion of the Christ, you know, I like though that's a movie that I have like, that has my like full support, but anything else I typically don't find myself enjoying. And again, I know it's not necessarily a fair comparison, and I know that the story is very different and focused on different things. It's just not my cup of tea. It's just not my cup of tea. Let's see. As the chat is once again being silly, and by chat I just mean the 
the box for some reason is just not updating the way that it should. Uh, King Kane Rumshki over on Rumble says, tough question. Do you believe Jesus would be flipping the Catholic tables today? Oh, <laughs> that's not very much of a t- tough question at all. Yes, uh, I-, I would say uh, for sure. Um, and um, it's it's scary to think about the world that we live in and how little is being done to stop the bleeding right now happening in the church. And it ultimately comes down to the fact that we have shepherds right now who are not upholding to, to the true faith. Chris Rose, hail to you. Hardwick, tag to say, for me, Temple of Doom is mostly a letdown by a week ending, other than a few bits like the stupid air jump. Uh, I mostly like it up until then. Yeah, again, it's a fine movie. It's fine. But it's, yeah, it's definitely not the best. Uh, Orange Air Reviews, Last Crusade is my favorite. Sean Connery, you cannot, you cannot top that. Raiders is good, but Last Crusade is my go-to in those movies. Also, I'm looking into getting a replica of the Cross of Cor- Coronado. Oh, nice. Very cool. Very, very cool. Very cool, my friend. All right. As the, again, the YouTube chat is just being silly for me. Uh, let's see. Emperor's Left Hand says, you may not have a clear answer for this as you like the numbers, but of the four DC movies coming out this year, which, if any, is going to make money? Oh, boy. Uh, S2, Shazam 2's not. I can confirm that it's a flop. The Flash, Blue Beetle, Aquaman 2. So The Flash, I honestly don't think is going to make money. As I said, I I just I honestly think that this production budget is going to get updated soon and it's going to end up being a lot higher than the initial uh, $200 million that they projected a year ago. Also, I think that Blue Beetle is too obscure of a reference. Um, and again, I speak as someone who is not a comics person. So I hear Blue Beetle and I say, what in the world is that? I have I have no frame of reference for that character. And so I think that's going to ultimately probably lead to the fall of that and it, that not being a huge success. And then going to Aquaman 2. Aquaman, obviously, the first Aquaman was the uh, first of the entire DCEU. And I think actually the only of the DCEU. EU specific, right? To make a billion dollars, to crack a billion dollars. So if any film has a chance of making its money back, I'm not going to say a success, but making its money back of those, I would have to argue that Aquaman two is in the best position, but I do not say that with a huge amount of confidence. I definitely do not say that with a huge amount of confidence. Um, let me see if I can find some more information. So actually, yeah, and Blue Beetle was mentioned, and yet it is not, uh, at least according to Wikipedia, it's not considered to be a part of the DCEU. So that actually might only be its only saving grace is that it might cost less money. But, or maybe this is the only ones that have happened so far this year. Let me try and see. Okay, yeah, those are those just the ones that have come out this year. So let me see if I can find their filmography that goes past that. 
or so they, they've rechanged their naming scheme so often too. So I'm wondering if that might be a part of it. Let's see box office performance, critical and public response, other media. All right, yeah, that's just a giant hole. So I was trying to look for the budget on it. I was trying to look at the the budget for it because that that's going to probably be the the biggest factor for me. But Kian Rumsky over on Rumble, who is Blue Beetle's arch enemy? Blue Cockroach? Again, I if anyone's a fan of Blue Beetle, I'm not trying to put it down. I'm just saying as someone who has no who's not a comics person, who has no real knowledge of this character, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be its downfall is that Normies and uh Normie adjacent, yeah, I'm going to use that. Normie adjacent uh, box office people, I don't think are going to go and, and, and end up seeing it. I, it would have to have either an amazing trailer or at the very least, it has to have some amazing word of mouth. And I don't know if it's going to be able to do that. Alexander, tagged to say, Yellowstone, have you watched it? Very woke show against capitalism, private property, Native American retreatment, and has... Uh, Alexander, again... I don't know where you've been, but I thought Yellowstone is, I think it's a fantastic show. I have issues with it for more moral reasons. I have issues with the excessive sexuality and things like that. And I've spoken about that previously, several times actually. Um, But it's hard for you, it's hard for anyone to argue that it's anti-capitalism. What I like about Taylor Sheridan's writing is that he does not really take one side over the other because I think anyone who's going to argue as far as who's the protagonist in the show, you're going to say the Duttons and the Dutton family have the most support. Like when I'm watching that show, even though I despise what they do, I want the Duttons to win because the Duttons in the show are the good guys. So it's hard for anyone to argue that it's anti-capitalist when they are being presented as the good guys. Again, they're being presented as doing terrible things because guess what? Extreme unfettered capitalism is not a good thing. That may be unpopular to some people, but if you have no restrictions whatsoever, it denies the common good. This is, again, this is part of Catholic social teaching. You can't have, there's a complete and utter condemnation of socialism and and, uh, communism. There's no place for it in a Catholic worldview. Capitalism, though, there is, but it has to be where it does not infringe upon the rights of other people. And really, they have not shown that to necessarily be the case within the show Yellowstone. Because it's not that he is pricing people out of just existing or pricing people out of just owning a home. There's criticisms of him, but again, he is a guy who is well-known within the area and he's a guy who also does terrible things. And so there's a reason for him to be worthy of being criticized, to be to criticized. But you can't say it's anti-capitalist, bro. That, that you know, it just can't. Um, and then as far as the Native American mistreatment stuff, a lot of that stuff is based in truth. You know, some of it definitely you're like, okay, here we go. But some of it is based in truth. And again, who ultimately comes out being viewed as the good guy and the one that people are rooting for, it's the Duttons. So, can't say that. That is inaccurate. Uh, let's see. Gulag Inmate says, When will Quantum Media box office finally overtake Puss in Boots? Last Wish box office still $10 million behind. At this rate, I don't know if it ever will. At this rate, I don't know if it ever will. 
Ichthulu says, knowing Hollywood, Blue Beetle's arch enemy will be uh, Mosanto. <laughs> uh, let's see, Alexander. I'm not saying it's not a good show, just not a fan of the style of protagonist. You know it can be woke, but hey, it's well if it's well written. And again, it, it's not woke, though. I mean, it depends on what your definition of woke is, firstly. And if it is anything that results in that show being woke, then you you need to go back to the drawing board. Steven, welcome back, brother. Time to say, as we're getting closer to Super Mario Brothers, do you still think it won't reach a billion dollars? Yep, still holding to that. Um, not just for the bet, but because I honestly do believe that based off of the early projections, um, it's looking like the film is going to have a very similar tracking to that of Minions 2. And I know some people might say, but, you know, Mario is such a bigger IP than Minions. Yes, in other mediums. But we know this as a fact that just because you're successful in one medium does not mean automatically that you're going to have, that you're going to have a, a healthy crossover into other mediums. So I think that it's going to be strong enough for the film to do well. I don't think it's going to be enough to bring it to a billion dollars. Especially, again... I base that off of not only the performance of a film like that of Minions 2, but also I base that off of, look at all of the animated films that come out the last few years. Has any of them hit a billion? And I ask this as an honest question because I honestly don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head since 2020, but I think there's a lot of historical things to, to, push, uh, to, to push that and to support that. Oh, boy, okay. Alexander, buddy, what do you think they made it for? You think Hollywood really made a movie in favor of white... Oh, my God. Dude, Alexander, stop, man. All right? That's like saying, who do you think they made it for? Oh, they made it for the people paying for a service because of capitalism. Bro, just, again, just let it go. Uh, Hardwick, this is actually a good question. Is it true that 1923 has anti-Catholic elements? Yes. Um, and, in fact, I I have not 